Hey, everybody, another round of Tulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, a fantastic show for you tonight. The usual craft beer guests will be joining me this hour and news and notes to get to. But first, how can you follow me? Very easy on Twitter at Al Gattulo, Instagram at Gattulo, G A T U L O, Facebook.com slash AG Craft Beer Cast, email at Albert G at NYCRadio.com. Don't forget Google Play and iTunes. Just do a search for AG Craft Beer Cast. You can download and listen to every single Craft Beer Cast right from one of those platforms. Our guests tonight on the Craft Beer Cast. First up, Brad Foreman. He's the New Jersey market manager for Great Lakes Brewing. They're located in Cleveland, Ohio. Brad is going to chat with me about the latest uh, from uh, Great Lakes uh, that's coming up in New Jersey on tap, along with what will be coming out in the next few months. That's coming up in about 10 minutes from now. At the bottom of the hour, Brian Walsh, the marketing director at Duclaw Brewing, joins me to talk all about what's going on with the beer scene in Maryland, and that happens uh, about 20 minutes from now. Some great interviews that I did uh, over the past couple of weeks with both Brian and Brad. Some news and notes to get to. You know, A lot of stuff has gone on in the last couple of weeks. Um, one of the big ones is this new seal that will be on bottles for independent breweries. So how do you know when you go into the store if you're buying the uh, you know beer, craft beer, and you're buying it from truly a craft brewer? Well, it's very simple. Uh, you may think that the Blue Point that you're buying, or the Elysian, or uh, you know, I don't know. You could you could name a bunch of them at this point. Uh, Founders, for instance, and say, is it really from an independent craft brewer? Well, guess what? The Brewers Association. Uh, which also publishes craftbeer.com. They're launching the Independent Craft Brewer Seal, uh, which, according to craftbeer.com, they feel it could be a game changer in terms of transparency on the shelf. Another one, Lagunitas. Lagunitas, everybody thinks, is a craft brewer. Yes and no. They're a, they are a craft brewer, but not really anymore because they've been acquired. Most of their company has been acquired, or at least half of it has been, acqu- been acquired by Heineken. Ballast Point is another perfect example. They were bought out by Constellation. So they are no longer uh, an, an independent craft brewery, and they don't, they're not under the designation uh, as a craft brewery anymore. So Paul Gatz, the director of the Brewers Association, says, uh, a lot of beer lovers really care about who makes their beer. They want to make sure it comes from a small and independent craft brewer. What this provides is a clear message to the beer drinker. So in the coming weeks and months, you're going to start seeing the seal on craft brewers' beer bottles, cans, labels, tap handles, and websites. The seal is your signal that the beer you're buying, you're buying from is from an independent craft brewer. Now, Stone, for example, independent craft brewer, you're going to see the symbol on there. Uh, so the uh, Brewers Association says the global brewers buying spree of once independent craft brewers in the last half decade has created muddy waters for drinkers who want to support independent brewers. Now, most people that drink craft beer are fairly intelligent people. They know the ones that have been bought out by by big beer and the ones that haven't. But I get the concept on this one. So Gatsis says the independent craft brewer seal, decades in the making, in 94, a group of brewers apparently exploring uh, craft beer authenticity, evaluated the idea of a seal, later uh, shelved the idea, and then right around 2006, 2007, uh, Gatsis says the BA's Public Relations and Marketing Committee explored the idea, and then they eventually moved on not to go forward. But now, I guess, because they've seen... So many of these breweries being acquired by Big Beer, by InBev, by, uh, by Miller Coors, Molson Coors, uh, they've decided it's time, to, uh, it's time to put this label on there. So, so how breweries get the seal? Very simple. Uh, craft brewers who want the seal don't have to be a Brewers Association member. They need to meet the criteria, though. And, of course, as we've explained on this program many times before, the, the criteria for a craft brewer is very simple. Small. You have to have an annual production of 6 million barrels of beer or less, which is approximately 3% of U.S. annual sales. Independent. Less than 25% of the craft brewery is owned or controlled by a beverage alcohol industry member that is not itself a craft brewer. The reason why I mentioned Founders is because Founders is no longer a craft brewer, technically under the craft brewing uh, scale, because I believe they've sold a little bit more a percentage of their company over to a big brewer. So they are they don't meet the threshold anymore. They're actually a big brewer, even though I think it's I don't think it's by that many percent, but we can get into that in a minute. Traditional, a brewer that is a majority of its total beverage alcohol volume in beers, whose flavor derives from traditional or innovative uh, brewing ingredients and their fermentation, flavored malt beverages are not considered beers. 
The brewer has to have an active TTB license to commercially brew beer in the United States, and breweries will sign a licensing agreement that will cover many bases, including if a brewery sells, if they are no longer a craft brewer, they aren't allowed to license the seal. They will have to remove it from future packaging. So it protects them in case another brewer decides to sell out uh, to, and I hate to use that word, sell out, but uh, 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 decides to become acquired by a big brewery. So the independent the, the the seal looks like a beer bottle uh, flipped upside down, and basically the explanation is the upside down nature of the bottle is truly representative of what small and independent craft brewers have done to the U.S. beer scene. They've turned it turned things upside down. So that's that's the deal on that. So when you see that seal, uh, a beer bottle flipped upside down, you know that you're buying from a truly independent craft brewer. And again, I think most craft beer aficionados. Those that drink craft beer on a regular basis are going to know what beers are truly craft and truly aren't. Uh, after this uh, whole thing came out, the statement came out, a lot of the breweries that had been uh, you know, acquired uh, by Big Beer came out with statements saying, you know, we want you to like us and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Look, if you like the beer, you're still going to buy the beer. It's the same thing with Bud, Coors Light, all these other brands. If you're a Blue Point fan, if you're an Elysian fan, you're going to continue to buy the beer. If you're a Ballast Point fan, you're going to continue to buy the beer because you like their beer. Nothing has changed in terms of the ingredients, in terms of the way they make their beer. The only thing that has changed is who owns them. And in the grander scheme of things, if you don't want to support you know, big beer, if you don't want to support those brands because they've sold out to big beer, that's your right. And I don't have a problem with that. I, have, I don't mind supporting local beer, too. I had a great conversation uh, the other day, uh, right on the on the third of July, with uh, Tim uh, Tim Pewitt, the owner, co-owner of uh, Wet Ticket Brewing down in Rowway. I ran down there to go get uh, a growler of beer because I was having company over and I wanted fresh beer. So instead of going to the local liquor store, I ran down to my local brewer to get beer because he makes great, consistent, delicious beer, and I want that on my table. And I want to support him too. That's the other thing. I want to support him so he stays in business, so he keeps making that good beer. That's fine. You can still buy big beer, too. I mean, let's face it. Sure, you could take craft beers to, to concerts and stuff. I do that plenty of times. But if I'm in a pinch and I'm looking and I can't really find the thing that I want or I'm not sure if something's been on the shelf for too long, I know that if I pick up Blue Point or I pick up Elysian, more than likely it's going to be just as fresh as the other stuff, too. Maybe it is a little bit older. But you know what? I know that that beer in that bottle is going to be consistently good beer. Call it what you want, folks. I mean, again, I don't begrudge you either way if you're saying I'm only, I'm, I'm only going to support a small beer or I'm going to support a big beer or I'm going to support a combination of both. In the end, everybody's going to get their money at some point. Sure, I want to see these small businesses succeed. That's the whole point. It's the lifeblood of America. But if it doesn't and, you know, you want to go with the bigger beer, that's okay too. Some people just have different tastes. You're never going to convince, like, I'm never going to convince certain friends to drink craft beer. They're always going to be a Budweiser, Michelob Ultra, Coors Light type of people. Never going to convince them. But every once in a while, maybe I get them to try something uh, that's new and independent. And maybe they like it. Am I going to convince them to completely switch over? Probably not. Moving on with our news and notes segment here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, Cape May Brewing. Uh, pleased to announce they are uh, releasing two of their flagship beers, Cape May IPA and Coastal Evacuation Double IPA in aluminum cans. That's already out on the shelves. So if you're looking uh, for Cape May uh, IPA and Coastal Evacuation in bottles, you will see them in cans. And in, in fact, I believe they're moving most of their footprint into cans now because cans are the way to go, smaller, easier to put on shelves, uh, you know, in, from a recycling standpoint, much easier uh, to uh, uh, to recycle as opposed to bottles. And now the technology with cans now, uh, the aluminum does not ruin the taste of the beer. Forgotten Boardwalk having their big event, their Shark Attack IPA event, Saturday, July 15th. That starts at noon. They're going to have a, a ton of different things, a giant shark slide, a shark cage selfie spot, Sharkinado 2, Jaws Nintendo. Uh, they're going to have food trucks there as well. They're going to have a bunch of different IPAs, experimental ones uh, as well. 101 years later, it's an Imperial IPA at 8%. Help, Shark, that's a honey IPA, uh, Imperial IPA. Uh, um, the Lost Shark, which is a cryo pale lager. Swim at your own risk. Uh, it's a beer with a bite IPA. Uh, they're going to have their pocket trick, of course. And Mr. Watson, come here. I want to see you. Their great white IPA. Uh, they're going to have their 1916 Shore, uh, Shore Shiver IPA. Then they're going to have one. 
uh, a sure shiver condition with pineapple hibiscus and comet hops, and then a sure shiver condition with ginger orange peel and uh, a little bit of Equinot cryo powder as well. So get over there. It's July 15th at noon with the Shark Attack IPA event. That's over at Forgotten Boardwalk. They're down in Cherry Hill, New Jersey. Finally, Detango Unchained, a Belgian-style dark ale brewed with cherries, uh, and then they aged it in oak barrels. Uh, it's a 9.6% ABV deep amber brew. That's going to be coming out from Weyerbacher uh, on Monday, July 10th, starting at noon. Uh, if you are a Jester Court member, you can already get yours. Uh, that got uh, put on up for sale or on tap uh, on July 7th. That is That was actually yesterday on Friday. So you want to check that out from the good folks at Weyerbacher. I'm sorry I missed their event, uh, their anniversary celebration. Didn't have a chance to get up there. But uh, if you're looking for a great place right over the border, in Easton, Pennsylvania, to check out a couple of beers right over the border from Route 78, you have to go check out Weyerbacher Brewing. They do a fantastic job uh, over there as well. And again, it's a short ride uh, you know, in New Jersey, straight up 78. You go over the border, first exit, you get off, make a right, two blocks, make a left, uh, go down the road. You can't miss it. Weyerbacher puts out some delicious beer. Now, when we come back after a short break, Brad Foreman from Great Lakes Brewing will join me, and we're just getting started on this program that focuses on that dis- delicious beverage, Made with barley and hops. Easy for me to say. This is the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Mike Gallagher says work is getting done in Washington, despite what you see from the mainstream media. An awful lot continues to get done in this Trump White House. Day in and day out. Bills are being signed. Legislation is being tackled. Yes, health care is going to be tricky. It's going to be tough. But if anybody can do it, it's this guy. You know it, and I know. The Mike Gallagher Show. Weekdays at 10, right before Dennis Prager at 1 on AM 970. The answer. You are about to hear from Dr. Douglas Howard. After 20 years and tens of thousands of success stories, Balance of Nature is still the only pure whole food supplement available. Balance of Nature has served more than a half a billion servings of fruits and vegetables. Don't accept imitations, copies, or substitutions. Our success stories are unique to Balance of Nature's fruits and veggies. You'll know you have the real thing when you open the bottles and see, smell, and taste real produce. It is worth every penny I pay because they really have made such a difference in my life. It is making me feel a whole lot better. Even my doctor thought it was a good product. Take Dr. Howard's health challenge and find out how to get two free sets of fruits and veggies. We'll even ship them to you for free. Call now for details. Call 800-2468-751. That's 800-2468-751. Or go online to balanceofnature.com. Use promo code THEANSWER. With Quicken Loans, our simple process helps you understand all the details so you can be confident that you're getting the right mortgage. Call 800-QUICKEN or go completely online with Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. The rate today on a 30-year fixed-rate mortgage is 3.875%, APR 4.23%. Call 800-QUICKEN or get started online at rocketmortgage.com. Apply simply, understand fully, mortgage confidently. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. Licensed in all 50 states. NMLSconsumeraccess.org number 3030. If you're over the age of 50 and considering buying an annuity in the next 60 days, I have some important news for you. Don't buy an annuity until you understand the pros and cons of annuities. A free book to help you maximize your retirement income from television host and three-time author Josh Melberg has been released. This book reveals little-known truths about annuity strategies in simple-to-understand terms. Grab a pen right now because we are about to offer you this free book that unlocks the five little-known secrets we believe baby boomers and seniors should know before buying an annuity. Call 800-725-1616 now and you'll receive a free copy of Josh Milberg's book, Next Gen Annuity Strategies Revealed. As a bonus, we'll also send you a copy of The Number One Mistakes Retirees Are Making With Their Investments Today and a free DVD on how you can get up to 33% more income in retirement. Call 800-725-1616. That's 800-725-1616. Employees of J.D. Milberg Financial have the appropriate licenses for the products they offer. Tweet us on Twitter. Like us on Facebook. We're everywhere. AM 970. com. Welcome back to the Al Gattulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, you can follow me on Twitter at Al Gattulo. Instagram at Gatulo, that is G-A-T-T. 
U-L-L-O, Facebook.com slash AG Craft Beer Cast. Email at Albert G at NYCRadio.com. Don't forget, we are on Google Play and iTunes. You just do a search for either uh, for AG Craft Beer Cast on either of those platforms. You can download and listen to every single craft beer cast right from there. Now, my guest on the cast, the market manager in New Jersey for Great Lakes Beer. They're located in Cleveland, Ohio. They've been around since 1986 with Pat and Dan Conway creating an experience for those living in Cleveland, a great experience. Then they took their beer outside of the state in the 90s and are still brewing great beer today. GreatLakesBrewing.com, the website for more information. Let me welcome in Brad Foreman to the craft beer cast on AM 970. The answer, Brad, welcome. Good morning. Thank you for having me. You got it. Now, Brad, uh, full disclosure, your, um, I got a letter uh, a couple of weeks ago from your dad, of all people, who is a big listener uh, to our morning show, The Joe Piscopo Show, which airs 6 to 10 a.m. Monday through Friday, of which I'm a part of. And he said, I think my son would make a great guest on your beer show. And in the letter, he sends me your business card. And I said, well, this is a no-brainer. I do a beer show. You work for Great Lakes Brewing. It's perfect. Now, Brad, how, first of all, I have to thank your father, number one. Uh, and number two, how did you get your start with Great Lakes Brewing? Yeah, my father is definitely my number one fan and a big fan of yours. So, of course, thank you to him. Um, I started out uh, uh, working for smaller uh, local breweries and volunteering for smaller local breweries about five or six years ago uh, when I was a realtor and seeing that that market wasn't going to you know, be doing much more for much longer. And I had a passion for all things beer and craft beer and selling and talking to people. And um, when the opportunity came up for, for the Great Lakes job, which honestly I just saw online, um, and clicked apply, and, and luckily I had um, the experience uh, that they were looking for, and uh, I've been with them now for uh, over three and a half years. Wow, that's aw- that is awesome. Now, you handle um, uh, uh, southern Jersey or all of Jersey? I, I handle the entire state of New Jersey oh, for wow. the brewery. Wow, so that's uh, you're, 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 let's put it this way, you're on the road quite a bit. I sure am. I, the, my car is my office. Ah. Uh. Exactly. Now, Great Lakes is is joining many breweries in in that they are now releasing some of their beers uh, in cans. Brad, which which beers are currently available in can form? So, in New Jersey, uh, we are now shipping out two uh, twelve ounce. Uh, can varieties, one of which is called Turntable Pilsner, which was a seasonal beer last year, and that uh, it was so uh, well-received that it is now a year-round beer in bottles and draft, and of course now in cans. Um, and those are in 12-pack cans all over New Jersey. And the other one is called Light Keeper Blonde, which is a really nice, clean blonde ale with a little bit um, of more of a uh, hoppy note to it, almost like a blonde pale ale with Nugget and Simcoe Hops, um, and that beer was very well-received in our recent um, Fridge for the Variety Pack. So that is in cans as well, and that's a great summer drinker. Both of them are. Uh, we're talking with Brad Foreman, the market manager in New Jersey for Great Lakes Beer, located in Cleveland, Ohio, Great Lakes is, and greatlakesbrewing.com uh, is the website for more information on all their great beers and where to get them. Now, summertime being in full swing, Brad, what's the Great Lakes beer that's on, ta- uh, on tap, let's say down uh, the Jersey Shore that folks can drink? Most likely, um, well, we have a you know we have six year round beer, so there's a good chance if you go down the Jersey Shore, a lot of them might be pouring our Pilsner or our Dortmund or Gold Lager, uh, even our Burning River Pale Ale or Commodore Perry IPA could be pouring at any uh, Jersey Shore bar. If they're pouring a seasonal beer for this time of year, there's a very good chance that it's going to be our Session IPA, which is steady rolling. It's 4.8 percent. Um, mosaic uh, hopped. It's, it's a very nice uh, summer drinker, and you can have a few. Uh, Brad, what's the method of madness behind the names for the beers? Most of the beers, almost all of the beers, are very uh, Cleveland centric, very Ohio centric. Um, the, the brewery and, and the people at the brewery have a great deal of pride in where they live, like we do here, and um, they they like to tie it into to the beer. And also, Pat and Dan Conway, who you mentioned. Uh, are a bit of history buffs. So Elliot Ness, uh, you know, is a big story in Chicago, but he also spent a lot of time in Cleveland. Uh, their uh, Pat and Dan, who are brothers, their grandmother, I'm sorry, their mother was his stenographer, his personal stenographer, Elliot Ness's. Um, so they always use all that kind of history. Commodore Perry had a you know, battle in the War of 1812 on the Great Lakes. Um, yeah, so very, uh, very Cleveland-centric, very tied into the local community there. Very cool. We're talking with Brad Foreman, the market manager in New Jersey for Great Lakes Beer on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast 
on AM 970. The answer, Great Lakes, of course, located in Cleveland, Ohio, as Brad just mentioned. GreatLakesBrewing.com is the website for more information. Brad, you mentioned you got your start out with some local breweries uh, and then moved on to Great Lakes Brewer. Uh, it's a, pretty much a question I ask of a lot of people. And, and with the landscape changing as it has been over the last couple of years and in just a short period of time in this year, in 2017, we're seeing so much expansion with breweries. We're seeing so many craft breweries opening up, over 5,000 in the United States, uh, close to 80 or 90 in the state of New Jersey alone, over 300 in New York. Uh, are we seeing another craft beer bubble or do you think that the market can sustain itself at its current rate of its expansion? I think um, a lot of the breweries that are opening up now, I, I see it very hard for them to get a huge footprint of 10, 15, 20 states. I think a lot of these breweries will be just fine being really great neighborhood walking breweries. I think it's a, it's a great thing for every small town, every main street. Um, to have a local brewery to walk to. I mean, that's what that's what Great Lakes uh, started out as in Cleveland. It, it totally uh, revitalized the town uh, neighborhood of Ohio City in Cleveland back in 1988. And I'm seeing that happen to a lot of areas uh, in New Jersey. I live uh, not too far from, um, you know, Village Idiot and Mount Holly and Third State and Burlington, and those guys really are good walking town areas and really have done a lot for their town. So I think a lot of those guys that are really local to their towns are going to do great. Yeah, I, I would agree with that, Brad. I think definitely if you have – to me, it almost seems like a lot of these places now that are in small towns, it's more of like the town center where people in the town that live, they come by, they have a beer or two, they're kind of catching up on uh, what's going on in their town. Maybe they bring a growler home. Room. Yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly. Exactly. But I think the, the mid-level size brewers, like we saw um, with uh, Speakeasy out in uh, San Francisco, where I think they, they've had some success, they're starting to build you know, a brand, they're out in a bunch of different states, and all of a sudden they kind of over-leverage themselves with the amount of debt that they've taken on. And sometimes consumers are, well, I'm going to scale back a little bit. Maybe I'm not going to uh, go out and buy that particular beer. Maybe I'm going to go buy my local brew because maybe it's a little cheaper or it's more convenient. And I think we're, that's where we're seeing, I think, the bubble, those mid-level uh, brewers that may not have been acquired by big beer. So I, I, Right, and the landscape changed so fast that yes. when, you, know, you want to expand to meet the needs, and then, it, and then these local breweries keep opening up. And Speakeasy is a great example because they make really fantastic beer. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes you know, that's, that's not the only you know category that you need to hit right and brad at the end of the day you've been running all over the state of new jersey you finished you finished for the day what's your favorite style of beer to kick back with it style depends. doesn't have to be doesn't have to be a particular i know brewer, that's but even style. tough because yeah. it's, because if it's 20 degrees outside it's usually a barrel aged stout uh <laughs> but i'm gonna go i'm gonna go with the time of year and i'm, I'm gonna make it easy and say a pilsner okay fair enough this time of year uh you know i mean it's the easiest beer i mean if i come home from work and have a barrel aged stout even though it's my favorite it's probably the only beer i'm gonna drink um and that'll be it and probably go to sleep a, a, a pilsner is just you know the perfect beer this time of year Crack open after work. Have another one with dinner. Right now, here's a this is a question just popped into my head. So uh, forgive me on this one. You got. I mean, I've interviewed a lot of you guys that are running around, you know, selling beer in different places, whether it's New Jersey or other places in the state. How do you guys maintain your? And I, I know this sounds like a personal question, and it is. Sure. But how is it that you guys can go to all these different places? You can drink beers with everybody and still kind of maintain somewhat of a healthy lifestyle is it you know when you're when you're at a place for a tap takeover is it i'll just have a beer or a you know a couple of sips of something or whatever because if it were me i would be i'd have to get an uber every night just to just to get home because i'd be wanting to sample with everybody yeah, it, it's difficult i mean uh we we, we almost call it when, when when a new hire comes on the freshman 15 you know, when, when you gain a few pounds because you're doing all these right. events. Uh, I recently just lost about 25 or 30 pounds myself. And wow. it was because at these events, I just, I just you know, I just had to stop eating. And, 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 and even at home, because I like to sample everything. I right. like to sample all these beers. So instead of sampling a couple of different beers a night, I sample a couple of different beers a week. You know, and you uh, at the tap takeovers, you know, uh, when I like to I like to order some appetizers for the people that are nice enough to come out and talk to me or, or some, uh, some partners and stuff. I, you know, I, I pick. I don't. Uh, I'm not the star of the show when it comes to eating the wings anymore. See, see, I, see, and that's what I have to start doing because I, I, I get into this whole thing. I'm eating a salad. I'm eating healthy. I'm drinking more. And then I get to the bar, and I'm like, all right, we'll have a flight of this. Let's get some wings. Let's do that. All right. So yeah, because to... that, that's the atmosphere. The game's on. You know I mean? <laughs> right. Yeah, you know, half-price wing night. Exactly, exactly. Now, my last question, Brett, and we're talking with Brett Foreman, the market manager in New Jersey for Great Lakes Beer, greatlakesbrewing.com, website for more information. Uh, what's the latest beers that Great Lakes has coming out in the next few months in New Jersey? 
So in the next few months in New Jersey, uh, you can look for uh, a favorite of a lot of people, Lake Erie Monster, which is an imperial IPA, really big 9.1%, uh, you know, big IPA beer. Um, it's going to be coming down the pipes uh, in a matter of weeks, uh, some, late June. Cool. And then uh, in late August, everyone's uh, favorite Oktoberfest. We, we've been uh, ranked our Oktoberfest beer. I know there's a lot out there. Ours has been given a 100 uh, by rate beer, uh, by beer advocate, and is uh, really still a very, very popular beer. Sells out very quick in New Jersey. Excellent, excellent. And my guest has been Brad Foreman, market manager in New Jersey for Great Lakes Beer. They're located in Cleveland, Ohio, and greatlakesbrewing.com is the website for more information. Brad, thank you so much for joining me on the Craft Beer Cast tonight. Very much appreciate it. Ah, thanks for your time. I appreciate it. You got it. When we come back, I'll chat with Brian Walsh. He's the marketing director for Duclaw Brewing. They're out of Maryland. It's all after a short break on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. This is David Davenport of the Hoover Institution for townhall.com. This summer, Commentary Magazine published a forum on the question, is free speech under threat in the United States? Ironically, in a country where the Constitution and the courts carefully protect free speech, Many people do not feel free to speak freely. Why? Because of a smothering blanket of political correctness that starts in our colleges and permeates our society. Speakers with points of view that differ from the liberal orthodoxy are not welcome on many campuses, and in some cases, they've been subject to threats and violence. Students are supposed to be protected from so-called trigger words and microaggressions in the classroom. So much for free speech and the open debate of competing ideas. The problem is that the First Amendment protects free speech from limitations by government, but the big challenges to free speech come from our culture and our campuses. It will take a strong fight to protect free speech, which is clearly under threat. I'm David Davenport. Learn more at townhallreview.com. If you're a firm believer that education is a top priority in helping shape our children to be the future leaders of tomorrow, then you'll be excited to know that AM970 The Answer has developed a program to help parents send their children to the best Christian schools in the area. The half-off tuition program is a way for parents to send their children to school at half the cost of the annual tuition. We partnered up with some of the leading schools in the New York, New Jersey metro area. This is a great way for parents to reduce the costs and still have their children receive a quality education. AM970 The Answer is also offering each school the opportunity to promote their school with a full radio advertising campaign. This is just our way to say thank you to the parents and schools that already know the importance of a good education. For more information, go to am970theanswer.com and click on the discount tuition banner. Here are just a few of the schools available. Kearney Christian Academy, Christ Our Foundation Learning Center, Gateway Academy. Once again, go to am970theanswer.com for the full listing of schools. Hi, this is Bill Martinez. Join us as we talk with the experts about the latest news, politics, issues of faith, the culture, and entertainment. It's all about us. It's all about the truth wherever it leads. Bill Martinez live, Monday mornings at 12 a.m. on AM 970, The Answer. Want more AM 970, The Answer? Take us on the go with our Listen Live feature at am970theanswer.com or download our AM 970, The Answer app today. Just go to the iPhone App Store or Google Play Store and search AM 970, The Answer. Ah, the sounds of warmer weather. Birds chirping, kids playing, the ice cream truck coming. Too bad all you hear is that ringing in your ears. It's your tinnitus, actually pronounced tinnitus. And if it's driving you crazy, call Dr. Melody Hertzfeld and Associates on Long Island. They specialize in treating tinnitus patients just like you. Hi, this is Dr. Melanie Hertzfeld. Our office has a variety of proven tinnitus therapies. If your ears are ringing, give us a call. Dr. Melanie Hertzfeld and Associates, 516 Our hosts all look like GQ models. See them now at am970theanswer.com. And welcome back to the Al Gattulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, you can follow me on Twitter at Al Gattulo. Instagram at Gattulo, that's G-A-T-T-U-L-L-O. Facebook.com slash AG Craft Beer Cast. Email at Albert G at NYCRadio.com. Don't forget, Google Play and iTunes. Just do a search for AG Craft Beer Cast, and you can listen to every single one of those Craft Beer Casts whenever you want. You download it on your MP3 player, your iPod, wherever you want to listen to it, and you can 
uh, enjoy some of the beer knowledge that we try to give you each week. Now, joining me on the cast is the marketing director of a craft brewery out of Maryland that comes up with some crazy names for their beer. And yes, even though the names are crazy, the beer that goes in those bottles are well done. The name of the brewery is Duclaw. The website for more information is Duclaw.com. And the marketing director is Brian Walsh. And he joins me on the Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, Brian, good evening. Good evening to you. Thank you for having me on. No problem. Now, Brian, summer is in full swing, so let's discuss some of your seasonal offerings that are out on the shelves right now. Sour Me This, which is available to the end of August, what type of sour is this beer? It kind of breaks the mold a little bit. Um, due to our facility set up here, it's a kettle sour. So what that means is we kind of have to quarantine the beer as we're using it because of the yeast that goes into making a sour. It's a, it's a very rampant yeast. You have to be uh, careful with where you let it into your brewery or it can kind of escape and be everywhere in your brewery, and there's not much you can do about it at that point. So we do what's called a kettle sour here. Um, and basically what it comes down to, by the time it's done, it's a, it's a new, different sort of style that a lot of people are, are kind of calling an American sour. Um, I would compare it to a Berliner Weiss. Okay. Uh, you know, in the German style. But what we do is uh, once we get that beer nice and soured up in our kettle and start up the fermentation process in one of our FDs, um, we actually dry hop it as well with Tetanang and Matueka hops. So you get a lot of that tart um, Berliner Weiss style um, sour uh, flavors that, that you would expect from something like that. But then you also get this uh, rush of Tetanang and Matueka hops at the end that kind of balance everything out. Hmm, interesting. Now, how about this dry-rubbed barbecue pale ale? I'm, I'm guessing this is the perfect beer for a barbecue. Oh, absolutely. It pairs excellently with uh, all sorts of uh, protein. Um, it was definitely designed to be paired with food. Uh, we partnered with a um, spice maker down in Manassas, Virginia, called Dizzy Pig Seasonings. Uh, the owner of that company is also a championship-winning uh, barbecue um, competition mm-hmm. um, team. So he's also sponsored by the Big Green Egg Company, so he definitely knows what he's doing when it comes to barbecue spices. Um, spice beer is a little bit of an outlier um, sort of beer category, but they're definitely pretty popular. I think some people have heard of um, you know people using things like Old Bay, certain right. things like cardamom, chamomile, all sorts of other things. So we decided we wanted to pair something pretty savory and pretty new and different um, with a well-balanced pale ale, and that's how we ended up with Q. Uh, we're talking with marketing director Brian Walsh from Duclaw Brewing on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, you can go to Duclaw.com for more information on those beers and uh, releases that are going to be coming up as well. Now, along with those seasonal offerings, Brian, uh, the Oktoberfest and pumpkin beers are right around the corner. And I have this ar- argument all the time that the Oktoberfest beers get released too early when they start coming out in August, but I get why brewers have to release them so early because, look, it's a short shelf life for some of these beers. You want to get them out there as soon as possible. What is the latest fall beers that you guys are going to have on the shelves? Well, and that's, that's a pretty interesting topic because this year we've actually decided to forego doing distribution releases of our Oktoberfest beer and of our um, pumpkin beer. Really? You know, over the, over, over the past couple seasons, um, it's really at the point now where, like as you said, um, distributors and, and retailers are asking for these beers in August and um, in in late July and early August, and it's just we, we really perceive it as being the wrong time of year for a beer like that. Okay. Um, you kind of run into a situation where there becomes a lot of saturation for those styles of beer. Right. So you might see us do a limited release of one of our pumpkin beers, like 31 or 62 or Oktoberfest Mad Bishop. It'll okay. probably be something. It'll probably be something we do at the right time of year as in late September, early October, and it might be something you're only able to get at our brewery just because we really feel pretty strongly after the past couple seasons what we've seen out in the market that it's just not the right fit for our beer to be out that early, and then you run the risk of it, you know, lagging behind in sales or being in a really saturated environment. So, yeah, it's, it's tough. Well, see, that, 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 that's the thing for me, Brian. I mean, when you see those things out on the show, first of all, if I'm seeing an Oktoberfest beer or a winter beer in August, I immediately shiver because I'm like, no, wait a second. It's warm out. I don't want to drink these types of you know com- uh, complex beers. I want to wait until there's a fire, there's a little bit of a chill in the air. And, and you know, I, I think, and from what I've seen over the last year and a half, is that a lot of breweries have started to cut back on their Oktoberfest productions and their pumpkin beers because they're not selling as well. So it's to, to them, it's hey, why should we be producing? You know, I don't know. Uh, a, a, you know, I'm just throwing a number out there: a thousand cases of this beer when we're only selling 500 of them. Let's cut back as much as we can because it's a losing proposition for us. So I, I get, I get why you guys are doing what you're doing, and I, I do think that that's the prudent move. That those beers should come out 
right around when the season is about to start, mid-September, kind of into November. And then, you know, and, and if you make a smaller amount, maybe that's that's better for you guys sales-wise. Yeah, it's, it's definitely the route that we're taking this year. Um, it's just kind of what we perceive as being the best fit for us. Um, I mean, you see it at all over the place, at least in Maryland. And I've seen it when we've walked into other states as well. You go into some of these larger liquor stores and bottle shops and you see, you know, pumpkin beers um, from all sorts of breweries sitting out there, and they have, you know, case stacks of five of them still in the middle of the liquor store that they're trying to move all the way into, you know, the following summer. Um, and that's just not the sort of uh, brand image we're trying to put out there. That's not something we're trying to saddle our distribu- distributors or uh, retail accounts with. So it's, it's definitely the route that we've decided to go this year. Um, instead, in early September, we'll be releasing actually a very interesting version of uh, Sour Me This. Um, we took that beer... Um, we didn't dry hop it. And we actually put it into used bourbon barrels. Um, we make a beer, beer here every year called Hell on Wood, where we take our barley wine devil's milk, put that in bourbon barrels, and, and let it age for a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, then this year, as soon as we took that beer out, we put that base beer for Sour Me This, a golden sour, back into those barrels, and it's sitting downstairs right now, aging away. Um, so we're pretty excited for that. It's uh, going to be called The Devil Made Me Do It, and that's mm-hmm. coming out in um, early September. Uh, we did something similar with a dark sour earlier this year for the first time where we took beer out of um, our retribution barrel, which is an imperial stout um, that we age in bourbon barrels. As soon as we took that liquid out, we filled it back up with a dark sour, and that was called um, uh, Midnight Dew. Um, and we had great success with that. So, you know, it, it's something interesting that we've seen over the past couple of years, and, and we've definitely seen consumers asking for two, three years ago. We had no sours in our lineup this year. We have three. Um, and two of them are barrel-aged. So we're really excited for that beer. And as we roll into October, we have our 865cc coffee stout. Um, nice. It's a beer that we've done a couple times before. We mm-hmm. love it. Um, it's a big, bold coffee stout. Uh, we, we source our uh, beans here locally from a company called Zeke's, and um, we're just really excited for it. We're, we're pretty well-known for our dark beers, so that one always does fairly well for us. That, that one, Brian, I have to say, is excellent. I've had it, and it is delicious, and uh, I can't wait uh, to, to sample that one again. Now, Brian, the governor of Maryland, Larry Hogan, recently let a bill become law without signing it, and it affects craft brewers in the state uh, by imposing restrictions on them. And this is the quote from... Uh, the governor. This legislation clears the way uh, for Diego to open a brewery in Baltimore County for their Guinness brand beer, which is a welcome economic development project. However, House Bill 1283 contains several troubling provisions, which will more than likely prove detrimental to Maryland's burgeoning craft beer industry, hampering the economic growth, job creation, and tax revenue it produces. Now, the brewery bill apparently raises the barrel limit in tap rooms from 500 annually to 2,000. Brewers also have the option to buy back uh, another uh, buy another one thousand barrels back each year from wholesalers. What is Duclos' position on this bill? Well, the, ba- the major effects there really affect um, breweries that currently have tasting rooms. For okay. us down here in Maryland, we have a bar at BWI and a restaurant at the Arundel Mills Mall, um, and those kind of serve currently as our public facing entities, and they don't affect those two establishments too much. Um, if we had a tasting room open to the public here regularly at our brewery, it would definitely affect us on a very high level. And we're very um, sympathetic to all of our uh, other Maryland craft brewery brethren around here who will be affected very heavily by that. Um, it's definitely not sending the right message as far as Maryland being uh, business friendly to those sorts of breweries that rely very heavily on the, the amount of volume that they're able to push through their um, brewery tasting rooms. Right. Um, like yeah. So like I said, like we have, we have the restaurant, so luckily it doesn't affect too much of that there. Um, but, you know, a, a long-term goal of ours is to open up the tasting room here and and obviously hopefully make it an engaging place where lots of people want to come and we're hopefully moving a lot of a high volume of beer. And this definitely makes us take pause and realign our priorities as far as making that a major project that we would dive into anytime soon. We're talking with Marketing Director Brian Walsh from Duclaw Brewing on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM970. The answer, Duclaw.com. Uh, just go to the website there for more information on all of their great beers that they produce. And, I, and you know, you can get a new Jersey, you can get a New York, and obviously in Maryland as well, and a bunch of other states. Uh, Brian, uh, la- last question from me here. What, is the, what was the gateway beer that got you started into enjoying craft beer? Oh man, uh, it was it was years and years ago when I was in college. But um, it was probably uh, Dale's Pale Ale. That was probably my number one. Really? Um, yeah, yeah. Seeing that in cans um, back in the day, and you know, I lived in a house with a bunch of roommates, a bunch of guys, and they were always drinking Miller Lite, always drinking Pabst Blue Ribbon, and 
all that kind of stuff. And, right. and nothing against those beers, but, you know, they, they have a certain flavor profile. That sure. Cheap. And, Cheap is and, the flavor <laughs> profile. <laughs> the price is right. <laughs> right. Um, and when I found Dale's Ale Ale, it just kind of stood out to me. You know, I was I was starting to get into hoppier and hoppier beers um, just from being out at bars and sampling those sorts of things. And I found out that if I bought those uh, six-pack of cans and put them in the fringe, my friends would not touch them. They would not steal them. So Even better. Was, that was a big benefit to me as well. So I, I drank a lot of Dale's Pale Ale um, over my four years down in Savannah where I went to school. Nice, nice. My guest has been Brian Walsh, the marketing director from Duclaw Brewing. Duclaw.com is the website for more information. Brian, thanks so much for joining me on the Craft Beer Cast tonight. I very much appreciate it. Thank you, Al. I appreciate you. You got it. When we come back, it's time for Suds and Duds, some of those Duclaw beers that we were talking about. Actually, Brian and his good folks from Duclaw sent up to me, so we'll be reviewing those along with some other stuff as well. It's all after a short break on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Dennis Prager sees a world upside down. The brainwashed, educated, they're sick. The world is upside down. Good is bad and bad is good. <laughs> it's just in, in every arena, in every arena, it, it's it's hard. It's hard to, to get your mind around it. The Dennis Prager Show, weekdays at 1, right before Michael Medved at 3 on AM 970. The Answer. This is Michael Riedel, and if you've been listening to my show for a while, you know I love Gallagher Steakhouse because it evokes the New York I love. It's the New York of all about Eve and the sweet smell of success. And Gallagher's is a place where the great old Broadway columnists and the actors and the athletes, the showbiz people, would all get together and tie a few on over the years and have absolutely delicious dry-aged prime steaks. I got a story for you about Elaine Stritch, one of the great actresses of all time. So Elaine told me this years ago she was um, doing a play at the Alvin Theater which is now the Neil Simon just down the street from Gallagher's and Elaine had never been in there before so she walks in she goes up to the bartender and she says I need a bottle of vodka and a floor plan but that is the kind of story that you get from Gallagher's a place that evokes the New York of the old-fashioned showbiz world that I love so much so for reservations call 212-586-5000 or visit gallaghersnysteakhouse.com Join the family at Model Sporting Goods. Visit your nearest Models and sign up for our MVP Rewards Program to receive insider deals all year round. Earn points on every purchase when you use your MVP card to earn Models cash back. It's our way of thanking you for being a loyal customer. Upon signing up, receive 10% off your purchase and 15% off your next purchase. It's that simple. Plus, new MVPs this month are eligible to win a $500 Models gift card. When you got to play more and pay less, you got to go to Moe's. Breaking news and local news. Find it on our website, am970theanswer.com. Final segment of the Al Gattulo Craft Beer Cast. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at Al Gattulo, Instagram at Gattulo, that is G-A-T-T. U-double-L-O, Facebook.com slash A-G Craft Beer Cast via email at albergnnycradio.com. Don't forget we're on iTunes and Google Play. Just do a search for A-G Craft Beer Cast. You can download and listen to every single show on those two platforms. A little Motley Crue, Looks That Kill. That song always brings me back to a party that I went to. Oh, my goodness. Had to be mid-80s. I'm trying to think. Maybe 83, 84. Down Newdorp Lane, somewhere down Newdorp Beach, somebody's house. I always remember that. That song always brings me back to that party. I don't know why. I think, uh, I don't know who was throwing that party that day. It was a birthday party for somebody. George Curatola, maybe? I don't remember. Anyway, well, George, you get the shout out because uh, that definitely reminded me of uh, of something that was going on that night uh, down at, at maybe at your house or somebody's house. I don't, I, I, I don't quite remember. We weren't drinking, but I know for sure. I mean, well, we were in high school. But, all right. Enough said. Uh, anyway, <laughs> so we get to our Suds and Duds segment here. And before we get to our Suds and Duds uh, segment, I wanted to talk a little bit about, uh, as we had mentioned earlier in the show, about the, uh, the, the branding label that the Beer Association, the Brewers Association, had put out uh, to find out whether or not your beer, the, the craft beer that you're buying, is truly an independent craft brewer. And I wanted to talk uh, real quickly about an independent craft brewer, local to me. Uh, he's a local brewer. Obviously, he's independently owned. Wet Ticket Brewing. Tim Pewitt, 
uh, who's the co-owner of Wet Ticket Brewing in Rawway, uh, has done really a fantastic job. And I have to say, every time I taste one of his beers, the product gets better and better and better. Is it the freshness? Is it the ingredients he's putting in? You know, is it some type of magic? I don't know. But he is doing such a great job over there in Rowway, New Jersey. And let me tell you something. If you live in Manhattan, if you live in Brooklyn, if you're looking to go to a brewery in New Jersey and you want a quick ride, now obviously these days with all the problems that we're having with uh, New Jersey Transit and, uh, you know, all the craziness, I get it. But if you're looking to take a train ride and you want to check out a really great brewery right off the train, I mean literally a block and a half from the train station, get on New Jersey Transit. You can take the Northeast Corridor, the North Jersey Coastline, take it right to Rawway. You get off, walk a block and a half, wet ticket brewing. They're in the old Woolworth building. It's fantastic. The beer there is great. His watermelon wheat is unbelievable. I'm not a big fan of, of you know, fruits in beers, in, in certain things, in Belgians, obviously, but in other types of beers, I'm, not usually, I'm usually not crazy about it. This watermelon wheat is outstanding. It is so good. It has such a great taste to it. Uh, the watermelon is not overly heavy. It is perfect. I mean, it's really perfect for a summertime refreshing beer. It's excellent. And as Tim talked to me about, you know, his wife loves the beer. It's one of the things that he decided to do, fresh watermelon in the beer. And then I got a little taste of his bourbon barrel aged beer, his stout that he's coming out with very soon. It's ready to be bottled. He pulled a little draw off the barrel. Uh, right before uh, 4th of July, I was over there to grab a growler of uh, beer because I was having people over and gave me a little taste of it, and it was at about, I'd say, probably around 68, 70 degrees. You'd think that it was that wouldn't be good. Oh, my God. It went down so smooth. It was unbelievable. Can't wait to taste that. He might be doing a tapping, you know, kind of tasting kind of thing uh, for that type of beer, sell some tickets for it. If he does, I am definitely going to be a customer at that one because that was excellent. And it's a great little place. Obviously, no food there. The laws in Jersey, you can bring food in. But there are so many great options to eat. Right down the street, there's Nancy's Townhouse Pizza. If you like a thin crust pizza, it's excellent. Cubano is right across the street from there. If you like Cuban food, there's a, a meatballs and martinis place down the street. Um... The waiting room is around the corner as well uh, for great food, burgers, things like that. So a lot of good eating options in Rollway and a great brewery in Wet Ticket Brewing. Uh, Tim just does a really great job uh, with the beers, and we've got to get him back on the program before the end of the summer. Um, he is really doing some fa- fantastic stuff there. I wanted to give uh, a little shout-out to Tim because, uh, again, he does a really, really great job. As we continue on here on the Suds and Duds segment on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer, uh, let's start it off with uh, for, with the Suds and Duds segment. A little something from Flying Dog. We're actually going to be talking to the brewmaster, Ben Clark, on next week's program. Uh, but uh, one of the beers that he had come up with, the Raging St. Edmund by Flying Dog Brewery, a uh, little bit of spice. A little bit of fruit in it, which was really nice. Not that bitter at all. And uh, a bit of a plum taste out of this, which is good for an Abbey. Uh, this is definitely good. So it was a, a, an Abbey IPA mix. Uh, really, really tasty. And actually, the reason why I was drinking it, I'm reading a book uh, on the, these three women went to uh, these monasteries around the world uh, in, in the Netherlands, as well as in Italy and in Boston, to check out uh, Belgian Trappist beers that are made. So I didn't really have any uh, Belgian beers in the house uh, when I was reading the book. So uh, I did have this one left, so I decided to uh, uh, go with that. And uh, good choice, an excellent choice. Love the plum taste uh, out of this one. Uh, as we continue on here on the Suds and Duds segment on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Then we moved on to a uh, little local flavor, Brick City Brewing, their hops and stuff. They have Moteca, Mosaic, Amarillo, and Czech Saz uh, hops in this one. Nice mild bitterness, very smooth going down. Definitely a change of pace beer for me. Uh, Brick City does put out some great, great beers. You should definitely check them out. They're right up the road uh, from MetLife Stadium. And uh, definitely if you're going to be tailgating at a concert uh, in the coming weeks and months, uh, going to a Giant game or a Jet game, this is definitely a brewery you want to hit before you head over to the stadium. So good stuff by the folks at Brick City Brewing. Then uh, I had a little sample taste. Uh, the folks at Paragon uh, Tap and Table, where I go uh, regularly for lunch, dinner, uh, and uh, for tap takeovers that they have. Um, they were testing out some different beers. So Alex, the bartender, had asked me if I wanted to try a sample of something. And I, of course, why not try a sample? This is how you get into uh, the different tastes of craft beer. So uh, a Blackboard Series Peach Belgian Blonde with coriander number six, by the way. Uh, that's from Victory Brewing uh, Company. Real nice. Very peach heavy. 
hint of coriander. Didn't really get an overly, uh, you know, cloying taste of uh, coriander, which is good. Sweet, maybe a touch too much for some people. I liked it. Nice summertime beer, um, but it might be too sweet for some people. If you're not into sweet beer, you're not into sweet tasting things, this is definitely not for you. For me, uh, I really enjoyed the peach flavor. I thought it was just a tad too much on the peach side. Just, I shouldn't say touch too much on the peach side, more or less a touch too um, sweet for me. And I like sweet stuff, but it was a little too, just just a little, not too much, uh, but really nice. And if you like uh, beers with peach in it, this is definitely one for you. The Blackboard Series Peach Belgian Blonde uh, with Coriander Number 6 by Victory Brewing Company. Uh, then I had over down, uh, I was down in Asbury Park, uh, had a, at the uh, Asbury Ale House and Sports Bar and Grill, uh, a free parking by Forgotten Boardwalk. Light, crisp, refreshing, an excellent beer on a warm day. Uh, really went down good. Uh, had, uh, I'm trying to think what I had with it. I think it was a bit, ba- no, was it a bacon cheeseburger? Might have been. No, it was a wrap. I had a chicken wrap with it uh, with a little balsamic. Actually, it was good. Paired well uh, nicely with the, uh, with the wrap and uh, very light and refreshing. Uh, went down very smooth. And then, finally, a brewery we're going to be talking more about in the coming weeks. Chatham Brewing. Uh, they are uh, upstate, uh, and uh, I think it's, where is it again? It's in Chatham, New York. I know that. I forget what county. Forgive me. I, I, once you get past Westchester with me, I'm a little lost on the counties. But uh, buddy of mine, Jay Wolf, had sent me a couple of these beers from Chatham Brewing. Got a chance to try one of them. Uh, again, Checkered Past is the one that I had. This one, a Pilsner. Uh, really, really nice. A, a perfect a Czech style pilsner, perfect summertime beer. Little bready, nice hops. Really got a nice bready taste uh, to this particular beer. Chatham Brewing. If you haven't had a chance to try these guys, definitely have to check them out if you're in New York. We're going to have Jay on the program uh, in the coming weeks. We'll talk more about uh, not only uh, Chatham Brewing, but a lot of the breweries. Uh, just inside as you head into New York State, uh, there's a lot of good stuff in the area. Uh, another listener from, uh, I believe, from Yonkers had sent me some stuff. We'll talk about that on next week's program. A nice guide uh, to different beers in New York State. And uh, and then we have another guy who my neighbor actually uh, uh, gave me some information about. We're going to have him on in the coming weeks as well. He puts out this entertainment book of restaurants, uh, wineries, spirits, beers, Uh, places and things to do all in and around a whole bunch of different counties uh, up in New York, all in the Albany region uh, that we definitely, that you should definitely check out if you're heading up uh, into uh, the Albany area or anywhere in New York state uh, over the summer for a little vacation. So definitely something uh, that you should check out uh, in the coming weeks. So folks, that's it for the show. We are out of time. The Suds and Doug segment is over. The show is over. Uh, Go in peace, my friends. And uh, for those of you who don't know, you don't follow me on Facebook or whatever, uh, Twitter, you know, et cetera, et cetera, and you listen to the program. Uh, earlier this week, got the diagnosis that I am in remission uh, from my cancer, which I'm very excited about. Uh, there's still a little, little, little tiny mass uh, that's left very, very small. It's not active. They're going to monitor it. Uh, we'll do a, uh, another intensive scan in October just to make sure that everything's okay. But uh, for all intents and purposes from the oncologists, uh, they both say that I am in remission, and I cannot thank Dr. Schwartz, uh, the radiation oncologist, and my uh, chemo oncologist, Dr. Soraya, uh, for all of their work. They uh, saved my life and did a fantastic job. Summit Medical Group uh, and also over at Overlook Hospital. Dr. Schwartz is at Overlook Hospital. Uh, Dr. Soraya is over at Summit Medical Group. Cannot thank those two facilities enough and those two doctors enough. Uh, definitely uh, doing a fantastic job over there in both places, and yes, they saved my life. Folks, and that's the other thing. Uh, if you have, if you're not feeling good, if you're feeling a little wonky or whatever, go to the doctor and get checked out. Believe me, it can save your life. So we are out of time. My thanks to Darren Yellen, Jerry Crowley, Phil Boyce, Brad Foreman from Great Lakes Brewing, Brian Walsh from Duclos Brewing, and of course, last but not least, the great Buddy Watson. Back Monday on the Joe Piscopo Show at 6 a.m., this has been the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, cheers, everybody.